The beavers got their swagger back, baby. Oh! <laughs> All right, that was awesome. That was awesome. There you go. Good uh, evening, everybody. Welcome back to episode six of a very chaotic <laughs> Those Damn Sports episode. It is November 16th right now, 6.13 on the dot. We have a lot to talk about, guys. Oh, we have really yeah. exciting oh, yeah. news to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, in this episode, we're going to be going into Beaver's success this past week, what it means to them moving forward. We also have great news about our men's soccer team winning the Pac-12 championship. We'll be going into that a little bit later. And we'll also be touching on some women's basketball, some men's basketball, and a little look ahead for football. But first, before we get too into that, Oregon State Football, their Twitter account, tweeted... Oh my god. <laughs> turning, turning back the clock, a classic look to celebrate the legacy of the 2001 Fiesta Bowl champions. And this is in relation to them announcing uh, a new look for a jersey the Beavers will be wearing this Saturday for their game against Arizona State University. The meaning behind this, it's also 20-year anniversary for the 2000-2001 men's football Fiesta Bowl winning team from Oregon State. Right, right. Right. That was, uh, yeah, 2001. And the iconic jerseys and logos are being brought back to Beaver football this Saturday. Ooh. And players and fans cannot be more excited. And if you follow the OMN Sports Twitter, oh my God. Twitter page, maybe, you saw, maybe you saw a viral tweet. Um, viral. But there's some more Oregon State football news I just want to get out of the way. Uh, the former head coach, Dennis Erickson, who coached the Beavers in the 2000-2001 Fiesta Bowl win, uh, and his team will be inducted into the Oregon State Hall of Fame on Friday. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. And yeah. they will be honored by the school on Saturday during the game in front of all the fans of Research Stadium. So, what do we think about these new retro uniforms, guys? I personally am a huge fan of them. I am too. Do you, you want to explain? I mean, well, they're just like, they look so sleek. What are they, black with like the orange shoulders and everything? They're very sleek. They're very mm -hmm. like, it's like gunmetal. You know, like how, how would you describe gunmetal? It's very, very sleek and nice. Yeah. I like, I like, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Ryan, you? Yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I wouldn't mind if we, you know, had these for next season, season beyond that. You know, one game out of the year type of thing. Maybe, I agree you with know? you. I wouldn't mind that. Actually, I think this should, be, this should just be a one-time thing. Just like once a season or just once, once right Once a season. Okay. Yeah, because like I feel like there's, there's some importance behind it, you know? It's okay. Like, I can agree with you there, but like an all -time I, thing. My, my thought towards it is they look super clean, but also at the same time embody what Oregon State's kind of about. You know, that we're the, true. Statistically speaking, we are, in the football sense, the smaller of the two schools in Oregon, even though we'll see how that ends the season. That's true. Um, but I really am a fan of the sleek, simple design just shows it is very, the very grit nice. that Oregon State maintains and shows um it could be a one-time thing and I'd be fine with it once yeah. a season but I think they look super clean the they players do. love them fans are getting excited about them there's yeah. petitions going around yeah yeah get a hundred hundred signs on the petition and it might move up yeah but um yeah. yeah yeah it's an exciting thing Ryan you got an exciting football news for us? Oh, I do. Um, as you know, I like to rag on KU football a lot. And for, yeah, you really do. Uh, Which for, is funny because you're from Virginia, so it's like yeah. you have no correlation. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my dad went to KU briefly for two years, and I have family from Kansas, so I have a little connection there. Okay. But um, I want to shout out KU football for a 57-56 to 56 win in overtime over the University of Texas. Horns down, baby. Horns down. <laughs> Horns down. I, oh you goodness. know, there's... 
there's not a lot to celebrate when it comes to KU football, and I remember seeing on Twitter, too, uh, a fan experiencing joy, a KU football fan experiencing joy on Twitter. The thread is hilarious just because I was like, <laughs> Any, that was my reaction to seeing it. Um, so, yeah, something something brewing uh, down there in Lawrence, Kansas, something, hopefully. Yeah, something cooking over there in the water. So I will say, though, uh, before we move on to just our, our um, discussion, uh Ben, you want to talk about your Twitter fiasco that you have? Uh, <laughs> my great Twitter success. Your great Twitter success. Okay, I'm going to call. I'm very angry because. Are you so being a knucklehead right now? Obviously, Ben and our, ben or ben, our job is to run the Twitter account, right? Yeah. So I go and I, I tweet like every once in a while. I'll, I'll like retweet something. I'll make like a, oh, like congratulations. Or you'd say a men's soccer won the Pac-12 championship. Something like that. I'll get like what? 15, 20 likes at most. No big deal. Yeah, Sounds I, about I, right. I don't worry about numbers, you know? I'm addicted to the numbers. Better be no tweets one time on that account. That has like 120 likes, 8 retweets, 11 comments, and I was like, what is going on here? I will it say I am off. one of those retweets and likes on that post. How so. dare you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was actually one of the retweets and likes. <laughs> too, so, um, maybe it's not as exciting as I thought it was. <laughs> but <laughs> still. Follow Omen Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Make sure you keep up with all the latest and greatest Oregon State beaver news should we talk about the football team we had some great success this past weekend yes we did oh All yeah right. the beeves i can't believe i'm saying this the beeves are now officially eligible to go bowling they're six and four right now two more games left in the season this saturday versus arizona state university and to conclude the season the beavers will be traveling down to eugene to play the university of oregon mm-hmm. currently they're sitting second in the pac-12 north right now uh, Oregon would need to lose to Utah this week for there to be implications of the rivalry game to be winner goes to the Pac-12 North. What time is that Oregon-Utah game? They're going to announce it a little bit later, I believe, because okay. they need to wait for this week. Okay, yeah. Uh, I saw two times. It's either noon or five. Okay, so realistically, if it's if it's noon, then by the time kickoff happens, we'll know yeah. the implications. Oh, that's, that's, like the, that's like the Washington game. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It's exciting news. Um... And let's talk about how the Beavers did it, how they got this eligibility. They beat Stanford 35-14 to in a dominant win through and through. There's a lot to talk about this game. Some changes in the defensive coordinator going into this week. Also, just two weeks of disappointment. This game had to be a bounce back for the players um, in their second-to-last game in Reeser. This week will be the last game in... The old Reeser Stadium. The old Reeser Stadium. Se. Yeah. Old West Side. The old West Side will be teared down and rebuilt. And Reeser Stadium will come back in about two years, an even greater place. But let's get into the nitty-gritty things, the stats about this game. Let's do it. Andres, um, you were calling it. Yeah, I you called it. You were up yeah. there. I was up there, definitely. Uh, yeah, I would broadcast the game as per usual with Ben Paul. Uh, and I think him and I, we both knew like this game was a big deal. We both, like... It was just like we knew like the energy and it was crazy because like the fans knew too like that beaver it's like that beaver tail slap something about it was just different before first year oh yeah yeah, yeah maybe was, that's why home games are yeah. undefeated so far it's the new tail slap yeah i love that tail slap man i bring i mentioned every party every uh, broadcast i'm like yeah. this tail slap is amazing <laughs> but <clears throat> the beavers improved like i said six and four on the season five and out home with the opportunity to go undefeated at home this season with a win it's upcoming saturday to be six and out Chance Nolan had a really impressive game, I have to admit. Passed for 257 yards, threw two touchdowns while also rushing for a score. Trayvon Bradford, who was questionable coming into this game because oh, yeah. I thought 
he hurt his neck slash back. In even the, even Ben Paul and I didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. Play. Yeah, it's been a game time decision. Yeah. Luckily, he was able to play because he had three catches for 80 yards, including a 67 yard breakaway touchdown run. <laughs> that run was crazy. That yeah, that just seeing that for Ryan and I lost our minds in the booth. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> oh my god, it was, a, it was a curl route. And yeah, it was a curl route. That's it was a curl like, route where he just turned. Basically, just turned around and yeah, the really, cornerback yeah. missed him. So, yeah, that's like a play to get you three yards and mm-hmm. <laughs> just took it to the house. Treshawn Harrison also came through with five catches for 55 yards in the game. On the running side of the field, after a week with no Deshaun Fenwick, which is still undetermined why that happened, um, yeah, he played true. in this game, was successful. I really was happy didn't, to see him back in the game. Didn't have the workload like he had. No, it doesn't like seem like he's back ago? to that yet. N- not yet, no. But B.J. Baylor, he ran for 80 yards and a touchdown as he became the ninth player in Oregon State history to rush for 1,000 yards in a season. Um, yeah. Impressing Trey Lowe, also accounted for 53 total yards, uh, 47 of which came on the ground, Was also got, got a six-yard catch in the game. But the defense, I thought, was something. This, was the, this was the key of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Andres, can you explain just what happened with the defensive coordinator two weeks ago? Uh, or one week ago? I can ex- I can, I'll explain that with the story. Yeah. So um, I was doing homework. It's Sunday night. You know, typical college student. I do my homework Sunday night. The <laughs> before it's due. Funny. <laughs> and uh, I get an email from Sean Schofler. He's an SID for uh, Oregon State Athletics. And in that email, it says in a statement from Jonathan Smith that defensive coordinator Tim Tepesar had been fired. So naturally, I, I literally... Stuff that I was doing, and I wrote a breaking news brief, and I told I texted Ben Rubino, and I was like, Ben, get ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, verbatim, he texted me, I've never typed so fast. I never, no, I was like, <laughs> stepping so yeah. fast, I almost broke my keyboard. Oh. Yeah, no, and too, I had some interactions with the new defensive coordinator during press conference, his first press conference. So, oh, how'd that go? Um, I was not surprised at the intensity. Uh, Jaden Grant, Andre Hughes-Murray, uh, they both said the intensity was, you know, Bray brought a lot more intensity and a lot more energy to practice, and that that aggressiveness and that energy carried over. I was not surprised. I was like, I I was like, I was proven right. No, that I agree. Defense is gonna look good. Um, I love Bray. I, I, love, I, love, I love that man. He's such an animated coach. Yeah, you I know, love like it. Robert Sala, the other yeah, coach for the New York Jets. Mm. He's just like that. Yeah, it's so funny yeah. watching. And just listening to him, I was like. I want to run through a brick wall for this guy. Like, <laughs> I really do. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting there just like, dude, how do you feel? <laughs> defense is like, defense is really good though. Cause they never trailed. Oregon State never trailed. Never trailed. No, 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 no. For no, the no. first time in three or four weeks, we started the game off leading. I feel like starting against Utah, we were down. Oh yeah. 14, yeah. 14, zero Cal, in the first 14, zero, uh, Boulder, 10, zero. And now this game, finally, the Beavers have a strong start where everything seems to be clicking. No mistakes. Not even a single turnover in the game. Nope. No. Not no. an interception, nor a t- nor fumble. Clean, crisp. So that's insane. On the opposite side of the field, the defense caused, I want to say, three turnovers? I think it was three. There was no sacks in the game. No, there was no sacks in the mm-hmm. game. Uh, there were four quarterback hurries, uh, two interceptions. Uh, held the Cardinal offense to 36.3% uh, percent on third downs. Went four for 11. So, hey, that's a that's a positive. Uh, Definitely a but, positive. Um, I, I will say, though, one thing to add is, like, I think it's kind of funny how, like, not funny, of course. Injury's never funny, but... Stanford was down uh, Tanner McKee. He was a starter quarterback. He was mm-hmm. he was out. 
So they put in Ari Patu, right? Uh, yeah. Ari Patu, 7 for 14, 51 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. On that touchdown play, he got hurt. He got, I don't know what happened. I guess like, he got tackled too hard or something like that. Throwing Dylan Plotts. Dylan Plotts, 2 for 5, 26 yards, one interception. It was like five plays later. Five plays later, got an interception. <laughs> and then Isaiah Saunders, uh, 1 for 3 for 17 yards, but... He was only on the field for like read option plays. It was like Jalen Hurts' rookie year yeah. for the Eagles. Yeah, they, yeah. You, throw, you throw him in for like read option plays. Um, and yeah, he, he worked. It was he was nine for thirty seven with no touchdowns. His longest rushing yard was eleven yards, so first down. But uh, still, I guess like I was talking to my friend's uh, dad about it, and he was saying Stanford was a throwing team without a quarterback because literally they were yeah. trying to throw the ball every single time. That was the case, and I think that's why the Beavers were so successful because. The run defense is really where they struggle. The yeah. pass defense is fine. Yeah. We have mobile cornerbacks, safeties, and led by Jaden Grant, mm-hmm. Avery Roberts, Omar Spates. Yeah. Now Rajon Wright stepping into the game and just showing out. Yeah. Um, and then too, speaking of which, run defense. Uh, even though you know great defensive performance overall, I want to add that uh, Stanford was able to gain 136 yards rushing, and they're averaging like five yards a carry, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not good, uh, especially knowing the opponent for next week and how good of a rushing team they are. Yeah. But I I also want to point out, too, that I was really surprised that the DBs played a lot more physical. There was a lot more man coverage being played. A lot of press uh, coverage. I think Keaton Olipo is like the prime example of that. He had two key pass breakups in the game. He stepped up big for the Beavers. Also, safety... I don't want to mess up his name. I want to say Achille. Achille Arnold. Achille, Achille Arnold. Arnold. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just. He looked really good, too. He's just uh, almost in every play. He just gets there, interrupts a, interrupts a pass, interrupts the run. Just mm-hmm. He's very mobile, gets around. He's taking over for a J- uh, Alton Julian Alton. Julian Alton. I know. Um, Julian, yeah. Because yeah. at first I thought Akili, I saw him coming in at outside linebacker or even stepping in at linebacker. He's very versatile for sure. Yeah. He's versatile. He's a big guy. He is. He's short he is. but strong. Yep. So having him uh, working out at safety, that's really it's good for us because we lost, they lost Alton Julian. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. too, the offensive game plan was a lot more balanced too. Uh, Nolan, 60, 76% completion, and then two. 51 rushing attempts. So we really played to our strengths. I know Stanford's not a great run defense, mm-hmm. right? No. But that's what we needed to do in the past two weeks is play to our strengths, and we didn't. We got too uh, pass-happy uh, yeah. too quickly. And in this case, it was a nice balance of both the run and pass in this mm-hmm. game. Well, before the game, the spread was set at 10 or 12 points. The Beavers more than covered that, winning by 19. Um, yeah. So that, like I'm, I'm trying to say from this is... The expectation was set that the Beavers were going to win, but it might not be a dominant win because of the yeah. disappointing past weeks. Mm-hmm. The Beavers needed to show both themselves and the media that this is what we're capable of. We're going to mop over teams like this. Mm-hmm. We got our swagger back. Mm-hmm. And through that, the swagger coming back, they snap an 11-game losing streak to David Shaw and Stanford. And uh, the win against Stanford gives them the most wins in the season since 2013. That's so cool. I know. Yeah. When I was coming to picking my colleges, it was either Oregon or Oregon State. I didn't want to go to Oregon solely off of personal choices, but um, never did I think that <laughs> Beaver sports would be at where they're at right now. Me neither, honestly. Me neither. So I'm. It's always just really. It's a happy feeling. Yeah, no, it's honestly it's a good thing. It's like, what you go like that because like this team where it's like you know like a lot of these guys they've been there for like Jaden Grant, Andre Hughes, Murray. 
Yeah. A lot of these guys have been there for a long, long time. And it's like the six year vets. And yeah. And and to finally see it all clicking for them, you know, it's, it's got to feel so good for them. Oh, yeah. So you feel like you're, you're an in state kid too. It's like, I'm happy for Jaden Grant. Came from Westland. And walk on. Walked on. Yeah, walked on. Is out where he's at right now. And now is the chance in his last season at Oregon State to play. In a bowl game, it's almost the perfect story it's that you can write story. up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is gonna be a documentary. Like, yeah. this yeah. team is gonna have a documentary. I hope they have the cameras on them this season. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, for for sure. And two, I was there during that press conference. Uh, I didn't ask any questions, but I was just like, you know, being a student, being there through a bit of the downs, kind of early on, you know, our freshman year, just like. I don't think I really ever processed it while I was sitting there listening to, you know, Tegan, listening to BJ Baylor speak. I was just sitting there just like, this is really happening. I couldn't, like, in Mm -hmm. the moment process it. I remember, like, too, hearing the coaches because the broadcast booth is, like, right next to the coaches. (laughs) And I was like, as they were coming out, I was like, guys, great win. Like yeah. I, I mean, like I don't know what to say in that situation. Did you the coach? <laughs> I, I did for one of them. I did. Yeah, I did. I did. And I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, like just the just. I think just like trying to process everything mm-hmm. in that moment was like, wow. I will say like, because so oh, what would you call it? Ben Paul and I were broadcasting, and the clock was running down like thirty seconds left, and I was like, Ben, we just called history. <laughs> I was like, that's the coldest line I've ever seen on the air. It was so beautiful. It didn't get Drop recorded, unfortunately. And the best part of this story that I want to mention, too, uh, this is the first time that Coach Jonathan Smith has led the Beavers to a bowl berth as a coach. I mean, yeah, last, he was that's the, true, yeah. The he last, was the one on, he was the quarterback for the 2000, 2001 right. season. The 11-1 right. season. Damn. It's a beautiful story. It's coming full circle, man. It's I'm, a, I'm it's really a beautiful story. They beat Notre Dame 41 to 9 that year in the Fiesta Bowl. That team was good. That was a blowout. That team, that team was really, really good. That team yeah. was good. Want to talk about another great moment that happened on Thursday? Yes. On oh. Thursday night, Veterans Day. Veterans Day, Oregon State made history. The men's soccer team won the Pac 12 championship. Winning, no, coming to an outright uh, draw against the University of Washington in a game on Thursday night with a score of 2-2. Two to two. This gave Oregon State the outright sole leadership of the Pac-12 championship. Right. With this, they are now the number one team in the nation. Yeah, man. Which I can't believe I'm saying. Number one soccer team in the nation when it comes to the playoffs. We are They're the number one school. bracket. They get the first game by. They're going to be playing whoever wins that uh, exhibition play-in game. Uh, I think it's against, let me see. Yeah, but I know I got to find out what it's against, but nonetheless, though, that's very, very, <laughs> that is impressive. That is so cool. So, um, so they get a first round by because they're the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Second round is either it's the winner against St. John's or Princeton. So everyone's that comes to Corvallis to play in here. Oh my God. What a, that's, I, I, I'm not lost words for that. Cause honestly, I wish I went to this game because Veterans Day, I was just like, I was doing homework, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's our game tonight. I could go. Sold out. Listen to this. Yeah. Sold out because the top five matchup drew a record crowd to Lorenz Field. What was the number? You want to guess? Okay. Um. Well, it's pretty small field. Mm-hmm. Right. Less than 1,000. Nope. Wait, what? More than 1,000? 1,400. What? 1,401. No way. Exact. That's, whoa. I thought it would be like 800. Yeah. Oregon State also honored seniors Adrian Crespo, Tyrone Mondi. So 14,000, or not 14,000, 
1401. If, if it was 14,000, oh my god, but 1401, that's jeez. That's no cuz like I saw like I saw pictures and videos of the line outside and mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa." Like honestly though, like good for them. Like they're, yeah, yeah, they're no. getting the recognition they deserve. I mean, yeah. actually so actually funny story too. So um, last night at the Damn Street launch party, uh, I was talking to Joel Walker. He's a member of the soccer team. He was modeling for Damn Chic. And he recognized me because I interviewed him a while ago. We talked. And I was like, hey, man, number one seed. How do you guys feel? And he was like, I feel good, man, but we're just getting started. And I was like, oh, I like them to tell like the chills, you know, like that's really, so, that's really cool because like this team, it shows like, like they, they've, they've earned the number one seed, but you know, like it works out done. Job's not finished. It's yeah. not finished, but I'm looking forward to just seeing where the team can grow from here, recruitment wise, transfer wise, um, and just how many people can come back from the team this year to the I team know, man. next season. It could just be a almost a dynasty. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be, yeah. good, it's gonna be a good couple of years. I'm excited for head coach uh, Terry Voss to get his first shot at the title as a head coach. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he won it as an assistant for UVA Virginia, for UVA as a Virginia. Speaking of Terry Voss, he had this to say post game. Um, I'm just so proud of our team. I mean, I'm overwhelmed, honestly. They fought. They played our brand of football the, uh, from the first whistle to the last. And I'm just so thankful for everyone, for everything they've done for this program. It's a great way to send our seniors out. That is one, one hell of a way to send your Pac-12 seniors out. Pac-12 coach of the year right there for soccer. An even better way to send the seniors out would be with a national championship Ooh, to bring back to Corvallis. Ooh. A nice shining ring. I feel like Corvallis would explode. They would. Like, think about it. Corvallis exploded when the Beavers made the bowl. Yeah, Corvallis yeah. has rushed the football field three times in yeah, one season. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, speaking of that, I was like, I didn't rush the field. I was like, they should, like, oh, if, if any game to rush the field, it's got to be this yeah, one. Yeah, it was no. this one in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. No one should have rushed the field against Utah. No. I was like, I was like, why are they, like, why are they rushing? What's going on? Nonetheless, though. One heck of a game. One heck of a game. Yeah. And honestly, shout out to the men's soccer team. Shout out. Overall, pretty good record. 12 wins, two losses, three draws. That's yeah. a pretty good record. And so obviously draws are like like not frowned upon, but in the soccer world, it's pretty good when you think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. For this game, um, the shots came from Tyrone Mondi. Shot the uh, football three times. Shots on goal twice. Nice. Uh, Sofian. Hey, Sofian. Sofian, do you know how to pronounce Sofian his Jafal. last name? Sofian Jafal. All right. He had two shots. <laughs> one assist in the game. Nice. Um... Tiki, <laughs> that's uh. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Help me out, man. <laughs> oh my god, you say it. All right, man, because you can't say this name. Uh, Tiki Nasabaling had four shots, one shot on goal, and actually one goal. So that one shot on goal was the goal. So yeah, good for him. Number eighteen. Peyton Number Manning. eighteen. Peyton Manning. Sorry. Peyton Manning. <laughs> Number twelve. Omaha. Muhammad Tm. Uh, three shots, two shots on goal, one goal, and one assist. He contributed everywhere around the pitch. He was. Oh, dang. Now, Ben, you, like, what did we talk about this? Have you been to a soccer game yet? No. Jesus. Me either. Next I'm year. Both of you. Jesus. I know. Especially for this season, too. You put me too? through the ringer here, Andres. I'm always working. I'm always working. No time for fun. Me? What? <laughs> I'm always up here more than... <laughs> I literally live up here in the fourth floor. Like, Studio B? That's where I live. All the night, share a room there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this anyway, is news. Any, yeah, this is breaking news. <laughs> Any, anyway, though, yeah, just overall, like, I, this game was very, very high anticipated because last time these two teams met was in Seattle and the Beavers won three to two. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like, they had that factor, you know, the winning factor. 
And then I think personally, I mean, I didn't go to the game. I wish I did. But I think they knew that they needed a draw to win. So they were just playing like really good defense. Defense showed, obviously. Why wouldn't you if you knew you only needed yeah. a draw? Just like. So uh, don't do not do anything out of the norm. Don't try too, too much. Exactly. Yeah, none too fancy. Just not too it, fancy. Keep it basic. But yeah, no, no. I'm really, I'm really glad for these guys, man. Do like, you know when the playoffs start? So the first round, it started, uh, I think, it starts this week sometime. Okay. And so. The first round. Obviously, Oregon State's not playing in it because of the number one seed. Yeah. So the next round is on Sunday, and they play the winner of Princeton or St. John's. This got to be like nationally televised or something. Well, it's in Corvallis, so it's got yeah, it's got to be. Really? Yeah, they're playing in Corvallis. Oh, I thought they went to like a different playoff setting, but no. I was wrong. The thing is though, because like it's NCAA, mm-hmm. you can't really get student tickets. You have to buy Ooh. the tickets actually. That's only a down downside about it. Like, it's a good, it's good thing. It's really good that you can uh, like that they're coming here to play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like. So you think we can still get people covering that, or we can get people covering that? Okay, yeah. And be on the lookout for be on the lookout. Orange yeah. Media Sports. I have to I have to publish it about it too. I mean, I can look right now to see if we can get student tickets. But I remember in our meeting with Kimmy Massey, he said that they might provide some student tickets. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, definitely to hopefully hopefully they do. Hopefully that would be that'd be nice. Regardless, for I think it's gonna be packed. Mm-hmm. No, oh, no matter oh, what. Oh I yeah, think it'll be yeah, no, no, yeah, see. for sure. For Let's sure. see if we can get student tickets uh, for this men's soccer game, because I imagine they'll sell out. Mm-hmm. No matter yeah. like what capacity, but at the same time, this is NCAA, so it's like they they want their money, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, I have my own thoughts for the NCAA, but I'm not <laughs> gonna say them on this podcast. That's Ryan. for a different time. <laughs> That's for a different time. Nonetheless, so yeah, really proud of these guys. You know, these guys are work work day in and day out, and it worked. oh oh, can we? Okay, can so we? I said find tickets. You can't get student tickets. Really? You yes, can't get student tickets. Go. Okay. I'm going to get, get one just in case. Yeah, let's get them before they're gone. Exactly. Let's go. So it is Sunday, November 21st at 6. Um, wait, this Sunday? This Sunday, yeah. What's the time? 6. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I lied. You have Come to pay $2. Uh, Two? Yeah. No way. <laughs> Dude. $2, yeah. Dude. I could use that $2, man. It's outrageous. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So well, we just went off topic there. Anyway. Um, Sunday, 6 p.m., Oregon State men's soccer looks to continue their season and hopefully end it with a national championship. Make sure to follow them on their quest to the gold. And I just, yeah, we've said so much. I just can't wait to see where the team keeps going. I know, man. I know. You know what I'm excited for? What are you excited for, Andres? Basketball. Women's Ooh, basketball. Women's, men's basketball. Basketball, basketball is they so, are back. So women's basketball, what was it, last Friday? That's right. Uh, yeah. They had a 30-point win over Loyola Marymount, 83-53. to 53. It was a 30-point win overall. It was tied for the first couple of minutes in the first quarter, and then, then the Beavers just got on a roll and never looked back at all whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just calling that game, too, looking at the, the only time it was tied, we were like, my gosh. Speaking of calling, yeah, Ryan and I actually got to call that game. You together. did. Yeah. We got to call that game. Uh uh, the, the broadcaster couldn't make it, so I stepped in, and um, quite frankly, um, I needed a break after that. Because <laughs> basketball, like, fo- like, so when Ben commentates football, mm-hmm. he does play-by-play. I do color. I, I consider myself to have, like, a more color voice, analyst voiced. Play-by-play is a different beast, different animal. Yeah. So I like Ryan. This Ryan told me was like, I was like calling out players. At one point during the broadcast, I see him hunched over. I'm just like catching my breath, catching his breath. I'm like, I was about to be like, are you okay? But I'm like, wait, we're on the air right now. I can't. Nonetheless, though, I guess the story for that game was Kennedy Brown. She comes back 
roughly more than 600 days after she tears her ACL versus Arizona State in 2019. And let's just say her debut back was phenomenal. She had 10 points, five field goals made, played for 20 minutes. 20 minutes on a healing ACL. Yeah. Says a lot. Five field goals on only eight shot attempts. Super exactly. efficient. Looked really, really good. But overall, the team looked phenomenal, too. There were four Beavers to finish in double figures. Taylor Jones. Taylor Jones. She had 15 points. AJ Murat had 15 points. And Talia Von Olhoffen had 19 points. So, nonetheless, very, very efficient scoring day for the Beavers. I was impressed by AJ Murat. She could not miss at all. Uh I saw, actually, a tweet, right, from the the women's basketball account about uh, Talia talking about AJ Murat and her shooting. And it's like, if she doesn't miss, it's it's a surprise. And I was like... And, and, I, and I, t- I tweeted in response, I was like, as someone that called the season opener on Friday, I can affirm that this is true. Uh, <laughs> and I actually got a couple of likes on that tweet. Those were from her uh, parents, actually, from AJ oh, Brett's parents. Nice. On that. So that right, was a little nice. You, you have a story with everything, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got to ask Andre Hughes Murray a question, you know, you're, you're Hank Hager's best friend. <laughs> hey, Hank Hager's SID. Yeah. Shout out Hank if you listen to this. Shout out Hank. Love you, man. You're, you're, you make my <laughs> job easier. I think he's a really cool guy. Nonetheless, so yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree. He's like this game was was Beavers start to finish. Like the score was tied once in front of four thousand five hundred two people. So Beaver Nation really packed yeah, up. How was the vibe inside of Gill for this game? Well, definitely, I will say the vibes between men's games and women's games is a lot more different. I will say. In what way? Just because. So obviously, in men's games, there's a student section, right? Which oh, is like the front. Yeah. For women's games, there's not really a student section. It's more so just people sit in the, where the students, like they intermingle, yeah. they combine themselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. But because of that, it gets loud. Oh. It's yeah. actually like a cool atmosphere. It's like, I will say, women's basketball games for Oregon, at least for Oregon State perspective, they're very more like family friendly. Mm. Because like, you have people like Ryan and I at men's games heckling up the coach for not eating, <laughs> not eating breakfast. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's 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 a cool atmosphere to be at, definitely for sure. But um, the vibe, I'd say the vibe in, uh, for that night, I would say excited, Ryan. What would oh, you say? Oh, yeah, no, excited. There were, there were, the atmosphere was electric and gill for the opener. Yeah, it was like, electric. Like, we could, we could probably put the audio back and, like, every time a three-pointer was made, just like, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and two for the for the announcing the starting lineup as well. Like you could hear oh, the noise from that. I was like trying to overhear, you know, myself in the headphones. I was like, I had to press the. No, I, I, I pushed my eardrum in. Yeah, I was like, like, I can't. <laughs> it was electric, man. I will say, and just it's so cool. Scott Rick, another another great coach, uh, phenomenal team this year. Overall, looked very very good. And um, we are a pro. We Scott are a pro Scott Ruick. Scott Ruick says it was great to be back. There was a great vibe in Gill. Yeah. It's all about the vibes. He's right. It's all about the vibes, man. The vibes and stuff in there, man. Scott Rick. Tribe Club Quest. <laughs> Scott Rick, man. He's just one of those great coaches. But I guess let's go more let's go more into the uh, like box score, if you will. Okay. So um Taya Corsdell has played twenty eight minutes. She was one for four from the field and zero for two in three pointers, which is funny because in the in the broadcast, Ryan and I brought up that she is one three pointer away from her hundredth career three pointer. Oh, so yeah. this right? is, it's just going to be the hardest three to make. It now. is, yeah. Naturally, yeah. naturally, it is. So yeah. we were like waiting for it. Right and I had, had it highlighted, so and everything. It never came through. We were like, oh man, well, like, what that happened? Like, we were trying. Unless, though. Yeah. So she led the way with minutes. Um, everybody's favorite bad player on the basketball team, Noel Madden, uh, played for eight minutes. She was one for two from the field, zero for one for three. Had a couple of rebounds, though. She played, uh, had three rebounds, two assists, and two points, pretty much. But. 
there was one clutch play where like the ball was like popped out, kind of like uh, just like poked out, mm-hmm. dove on it, got the ball back, and passed it off to a, a player. Very very cool. And then you sh- you should have seen like she made that floater shot. Crowd erupted. They were like, "Ah, Noel <laughs> Madden." Yeah, she's such a she's a cool player. She with a really good story too. So yeah, all goes with a women's game together sometime this season. We should. Yeah. We we should. Are, what, do you, what do you guys do tomorrow? Support the Lady Bees <laughs> tomorrow. What do you tomorrow? guys do? What do you guys do tomorrow? I can't even think about what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> That's my, fair. My brain's so fried. <laughs> Nonetheless, so yeah, this overall, this this women's team looked very, very demanding. Uh, Ellie Mack, 16 minutes, two for two from the field and two for two in free throws, one rebound, two assists, one steal, six points. Mm-hmm. Looked very, very efficient there too. Yeah, overall, this team. Obviously, I can go. I can go like. Whoa. I can break down each player. Look at. <laughs> I'm just looking through the stats. They blocked the ball 13 times. Oh, that was just that was just bullying. Oh my gosh, that was no. Do we have the best women's shot blocking Ryan, team in the Ryan country? Ryan and I, Ryan and I, we that was just bullying. Yeah, it was. Oh, Yelena Mitrovic was just like sliding the ball, mind because 13 I'm, blocks, 12 steals. <laughs> it was like I'm not what, sure almost what, like 27 inches in height difference, right? <laughs> there was one player for LMU. She was like five five going up against Yelena Mitrovic, who was like six nine. Yeah. It wasn't fair. She would just like take the shot at Yelena and just go. That's unfair. That's like Shaq versus a baby. For real, yeah. Actually, Yelena Metrovic led the way with three blocks. And yeah. then Greta Kempshorter had two. Taliban Van Oven had one. Taylor Corson had four had blocks. Four. <laughs> it was amazing. Just yeah. like, you could just like, it was like nasty. Like Ryan and I, like that block would happen and Ryan and I would look like, ooh, Ooh, like the nasty face. Like, "Mm." that's all you can do. The the Kimbe Matumbo. The Kimbe Matumbo. Would you rather dunk on someone or block someone's dunk? Block. Block. Blocking's so cool because it's like, like, meet me at the rim. Like, you know? Yeah. (sighs) And two, you get get the block. I was expecting you guys to both say block. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go dunk. No, like, blocking someone, like, like, meet me at the rim, dog. Like, just watch this. It's boom, but what about, I'm. Dribbling right at you, you can't stop me. I'm so you jumping. Mean, you up mean get posterized? You mean get embarrassed or do the embarrassing? Yes. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know. I feel like I stepped into a trap there. <laughs> well, if it's like the DeAndre Jordan one, where it's like, like oh, if, if I get posters by DeAndre Jordan, I will be very happy because <laughs> it's DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> so think oh, about it. True. True. But yeah, right. Overall, this team looked very, very efficient. Um, before we move on, just in total, the team was from field goals was thirty-four for sixty-four. So 53.1%. In three-pointers, are 5 for 17, 29.4%. And free throws, 9 for 12, 75%. Overall, efficient shooting for the Beavers. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, yeah, like, they were like, I know Ryan and I, we had a good time calling yeah. that game. Too, and it was nice seeing, uh, you know, the freshman players, uh, Greta Camp Schroeder, A.J. Moret contribute to yeah. a lot of minutes, too. Especially. For real, a lot of minutes. So, definitely nice to see, I will mm-hmm. say that. Um. Ryan, you and I are calling a men's basketball game this Sunday. I'm that really is looking right. forward to that. So let's talk about the men's basketball team a little bit before just a little preview of that Sunday yeah. game. Or at least, um, um, well, the two games that they played uh, yeah. prior to the one this Sunday yeah. that we're going to call. So, Well, the Oregon State Beavers unfortunately fell to um, I thought it was Tulsa. I, Iowa, State? Iowa State and then Tulsa. Tulsa. Oh. Yeah, we had oh. two two road games. Okay, well, let's talk about the one versus Iowa State. Oregon State fell 60-50 to 50, um, in their first road game of the season on Friday night. Worth Alatiche and Maurice Kalu led the Beavers with eight points apiece, and Alatiche added nine rebounds and four assists. Roman Silva and Jared Lucas each scored six points in the game as well, 
But unfortunately, the Cyclones defense was just too tough on the team and the um, the Beavers can never really get a momentum where they could take the lead. Uh, Iowa State outscored the Beavers 17 to one on fast Oof. break points and 12 to five on points off turnovers. I mean, you can see right there that's that's Not where some of the deal. yeah you don't turn the ball over. Some of those points don't show up on the board. Well, even against Portland State, mm -hmm. like, I know Ryan and I, we saw it. it was just it looked very sloppy in the beginning. They they picked it up, of course, like towards like the, the second half. Yeah, but the beginning was just sloppy, and uh, yeah, just. I know I was looking forward to this game because the last time Oregon played, Oregon State played at Iowa State, really, really good game. Gil Coliseum was electric. But um, yeah, overall, like when I, I didn't watch this game, but I, I did not expect this loss, to be honest. Yeah, mm -hmm. hearing the post game reactions over, over Twitter, too, it was uh, people weren't happy. I will say that. And rightfully so. I mean, Beaver shot 33.9% field goal percentage, 13% from the Three-point line. Can you tell me what their free throw percentage was? Free throw was fifty percent. It was seven for fourteen. So not not too not too shabby. All right, decent. Needs to get up into. Needs the to 70s. get better, but overall not a good night. Mm -mm. And unfortunately, that carried over into Tulsa. But the next game, Tulsa. The game was a little different. I was watching this one on TV. Um, the Beavers had a chance to tie it or take the lead almost so many times and really? just couldn't really get that final uh, push. But the uh, standout to this game was Maurice Kalu once again. He had 20 points in this game. Six field goal makes, um, five of them being threes. He had three free throws, mm -hmm. played 32 minutes. He was, last year, I thought of him as a spot-up corner shooter. A great yeah, three-point no, shooter. He was a very good corner shooter. This year for the team, he's doing a little bit more playmaking, dribbling, using his own dribbling moves to get open. I think he's more comfortable with the team, yeah. too. Also, I will say, I'm going to do a hot take right now. Mm -hmm. Maurice Kalu will have a breakout year. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling it. Right I think he's already had 16 yeah. against Portland State. He has like, 20 yeah. in this game. He had 11 at the end of the first half against mm -hmm. Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looked very, very good. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah I, I think definitely that, like, he was a corner shooter before, but now he's, like, playmaker. Yeah. That's because he's more comfortable with the team, you know. He, he's been here before. He knows, like, how the chemistry works and all that. Yeah, I think I'm excited for him just to see what he could do for the rest of the year. Yeah. Obviously, two losses, like two road losses, are not ideal. Not, not ideal, but not it was ideal. a long season. There are so improvements. Pac-12 Pac play yet. Yeah, there are improvements. Uh, you know, Gianni Hunt was kind of careless against the ball with the ball against Tulsa. Mm -hmm. um, Alatiche kind of needs to step up a little bit more in his game. Uh, Jerry Lucas has had some inconsistent shooting nights. Yeah. We saw think, that against Portland State. And that's the thing. Jared Lucas, he, he'll have his big nights when he's hitting his three-pointers. That's where the majority of the points are going to come from. Yes. But uh, Tulsa's defense in this game was really honing in on Worth Alatiche. Yeah. The Beavers like to dump it into him down low on the left side of the block, and he hits it with a little one-two dribble, a spin to the right or a spin to the left shot or a fadeaway shot and they just weren't letting him get that yeah yeah and it I was think constant crashing when the ball goes into the middle forcing him to pass it back out to a three-point shooter who would shoot the shot and they just weren't falling and i think too that's partly why he needs to sort of I, i'm not saying like he's a one-dimensional player no i think he needs to you know build on his game more one-dimensional player yeah no exactly yeah, yeah, and i think opposite. too just like with with what um what um you know what mm -hmm. tulsa did there too and then roman silva I love the man, mm -hmm. but, you know, he's not contributed a lot in these three games so far. He's not provided anything down low in the paint for the Beavers. And do you consider 
I, I don't want to bench him, but mm-hmm. do you consider doing that, giving well, somebody else more I can minutes? I agree with him, but we yeah. can't. He just can't, can't, can't bench, bench him, him because there's no one else. Because right the now. next tallest player is Rodrigo Della. He's six eight. Roman Silva is seven one. How tall is Mod Rand? Mod Rand is like six, like six eight, six, six eight. nine, yeah. six nine. I, I would have a Mod Rand on the court for defensive purposes. <laughs> yeah, but where's Clues? Six ten. Yeah, but still, he's he's not a center. No, I know. I just didn't know he's yeah. six ten. Yeah, six ten. I know half his yeah, players are like like a thousand feet tall. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, honestly, a Mod Rand should get more minutes. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I second that. Say what you're saying. Yeah, I was gonna say like, Andela is six eight. He's tall. He's a really good shooter, but you know, being a center, like he doesn't play like a center, so mm-hmm. it would be hard. Like he's tall, of course, but I would, I would honestly, I would keep Silva in. Mm-hmm. Maybe like start, and then we'll see how it goes from there. It all just depends on when Cho Mario gets eligible again. Yeah, I still want to know if that can happen this season. I think I've, it will. I think it will. It needs to. I think I'm gonna predict predict before Pac-12 play. He's Hopefully. eligible, and then. You know, yeah, we saw him practicing. I don't know. We know he's allowed to practice, but yeah, when we were in yeah, we saw him practicing. We saw that him man practicing. just tall. <laughs> no, we saw him practicing. We're just like, whoa. He's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, bowl bowl. What he looks like? <laughs> yeah, minute bowl, minute bowl. bowl. <laughs> no, bowl. but still, yeah, just tall person. And he, he's a really good player, but obviously ineligible for some reason, yeah. which mm-hmm. we don't, we can't get into. We don't want to get into, but still, just yeah, yeah, yeah. makes you question just when and if he comes back, the impact he'll have. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I watched his tape at Maryland. Looked very, very good. Looked phenomenal. Yeah. And the fact that he's still gonna practice is, I think that's reassuring. Because if he wasn't allowed to practice, like he'd be like coming to the first game cold. Mm-hmm. He's got some exposure, got some experience. Granted, it's against your team, but yeah. still. Yeah. Still, still, nonetheless, that's vital building chemistry with yeah. you know the people yeah. that you're playing with. Hopefully, he gets eligible. And two, obviously, two game losing streak's not ideal, but there is room for. They're coming back to Corvallis. Come on to Corvallis, so. yeah. Playing Samford November eighteenth at six p.m. Yeah. Uh, ben Paul is going to cover that game. All right, actually, Prince, I, they're playing Princeton on Sunday. Yeah, I will say uh, I'm not too worried about uh, just losing like when team has losing streaks because Oregon State basketball. I think our freshman year they had two four game losing streaks in the same season, and they looked pretty good towards postseason. It got canceled obviously because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, but still, I'm not. I don't like losing streaks. Don't worry about me that much unless it's like. They haven't won a game since like 2011. Mm-hmm. And then I'm worried, but yeah, it's not the case. Yeah, and then I'm not worried about um, like it sounds weird to me saying, but like when see like when like teams like lose during a season, I don't get worried about it. It's more like crucial in the postseason, obviously. Yeah, that's when I care more. Losses here, obviously, it's like the first couple of games. Like you can't win them all, you know. So I'm not too worried about that. But mm-hmm. still, it would be cool to be undefeated, yes. But yeah, I think it's good that they're losing because they'll learn from it. They'll definitely definitely learn from it. Yeah. Let's look ahead now. That was a good talk about the basketball team. We're coming towards the end of the podcast almost, but let's talk about just uh, the significance of this upcoming game, football-wise versus Arizona State. There's a lot going on. We went into Hall of Fame inductions for that 2001 team, but this is also the last game with the old side of Reeser, which <laughs> I think right. is it's sad. I, I don't want to see it go, but... That's my last time calling in that room, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can get a little nostalgic, but nostalgic about that. I'll let you. <laughs> yeah. You deserve it. Oh man, that room and I undefeated together. No, so no, we, we, we go way back. You have to think. Um, Corvallis. Well, last week against Stanford. Can you find out how many people were in attendance versus the Stanford game? Uh, yeah, I can. Because find I've out. never seen Reeser that packed. Oh, Reeser. It's weird because like the game always starts out like no one's there, mm-hmm. but like the like the sooner like towards kickoff. 
it tailgating, gets baby. Tell, yeah, tailgating. The baby, energy. Right. Oh People like goodness. to come and ride at kickoff. That's true, yeah. But yeah. so attendance was thirty five thousand one hundred twenty nine people. Thirty five thousand. I'm thinking it could be something similar this week. Oh, it will be. I think could it be will even be. more. This is, I mean, could just based more. off of my Twitter engagement, I oh, feel like there's a up. lot of <laughs> alums. There's a lot of Beaver alums coming down for this game, and they're excited that the team that they watched win the Fiesta Bowl uh-huh. will be there too. This team, uh, they include our coach Jonathan Smith, the, the goat, Chad, the man himself, Ocho Cinco Johnson. TJ, how do you pronounce this? Hushman Zada. Hushman Zada. Ben, step up the pronunciation game. I am like Shaquille O'Neal when it comes to pronunciation. <laughs> you can't help me. I failed spelling school. Apparently. <laughs> um, Jake Kukas, who's now the special teams coordinator at Oregon State. Nice, nice. And uh, Ken Simonton. So... We are a pro go Jonathan Smith podcast here. Pro go. We're also a pro go stats podcast. So I'm gonna go spill some we stats up for stats. you. So some game notes. So Oregon State obviously playing their final home game. Kickoff is at 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. Not a fan of it, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So Arizona State leads the all-time series 30 to 14 to one, with a slight 9-8-1 advantage in games played in Corvallis. Now I will say this, gentlemen. Do you remember what happened last time Oregon State played Arizona State in Corvallis on senior night? Pick six? No. Yeah. Our freshman year. Oh, We no. won that oh. game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Ben. You ruined, you ruined my segment. <laughs> been... I was thinking, I saw this clip. It was a couple <laughs> years ago. 2018. Oh, okay. Um, eh, close enough. Linebacker got a pick six against Arizona State. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, I know. But pretty much. When you're talking about, yeah. Oregon State won 35-34. Let's go. Very, very, very I know, that was like a crazy, like it was a two point conversion. There, yeah, like, how do you even to finish it. with a 35 to 34? That's a great question. Score, I don't know. I gotta watch the tape. I back. don't know, but still, yeah. The last time Oregon State played Arizona State on senior night, 35 34 win in Corvallis. So, oh, it's senior night, too. Exactly, exactly. Oh, See what I'm getting goodness. at? So, I'm getting at this See, game is so meaningful, everyone. Big exactly. brain strategy. Everyone. I can't wait for Corvallis this Saturday. Yeah, I gotta check Ooh. your package, man, against Herm Edwards. Yeah. Plus, Oregon State is five and zero for the first time since twenty twelve at home, Let's and a win Saturday would give the Beavers their first undefeated season at home since two thousand Beavers went six and zero. Think about it. Two thousand Beavers. Yeah. Those same two thousand Beavers. Those same two thousand Beavers. The yeah. one that had Craig Bray, Trent Bray's father, as defensive coordinator. Yep. And the same one that had Jonathan Smith as a quarterback, and now he's a head coach. Smith and Ocho Cinco need to recreate that ninety-seven yard touchdown, man. You think Smith still got it? Yeah. He can sling <laughs> the you rock. He can sling the rock. He's still slinging yeah. the rock no back doubt. and forth. A little just. Yeet. What are you gonna do <laughs> if Nolan's arms a little sore in practice? Coach got to step right in. <laughs> it's like it's like actually it's like Smith has like one year of extra eligibility. Yeah, we just <laughs> never knew it this like entire time. <laughs> he was ready for the 2002 season, <laughs> but just stuff got in the he way. He actually redshirted and never went back. So there, <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, so I do want to point out in their last meeting um, between the two schools, mm-hmm. Jamar Jefferson ran for 103 yards and Jack Coletto scored two rushing touchdowns. Go, but the Beavers lost. <laughs> Uh, 46-33, uh, obviously, and then Ben Gulbertson, who's injured right now, the quarterback, he threw a 16-yard pass, touchdown pass for Zorai Beeson on the last play of the game, which also happens to be the last play of the season. So they end, ended on a high note, another little 17-18 to 18 connection. But, um, That's yeah. That's why I'm, I'm a fan of Zorai Beeson. <laughs> and speaking of the defense of Oregon State, so Oregon State defense, they allowed, they allowed Stanford to just 230 yards, which we talked about a little bit. That's the fewest yards against an, a Pac-12 opponent in the Jonathan Smith era. Huh. It's, it bettered the 282 yards against California in 2019. 
Wow. So, yeah, two thirty six wow. yards. All right. So the OSU defense they also snagged three turnovers. So you're right about that. Nice. Two interceptions and a fumble. First time since October 9th at Washington State. Okay. So those three turnovers surpassed only by four against USC. Give the Beavers or gives the Beavers a plus one turnover margin this season. So hey. yeah, there you Let's go. go. Hey. And also OSU also had Stanford to four third down conversions on eleven attempts. Which is the fewest allowed by the Beavers since week three versus Idaho. I so overall, why. it just keeps getting better and better and better as I keep reading it. And I will say, Stanford ran just 49 offensive plays. <laughs> the fewest by an OSU opponent since the Cardinal and Idaho Vandals both ran just 47 plays during games in 2006. I wanted to see if we could um, find the time of possession between Oregon State and Stanford. For I think game. you can. Uh, it's, it's on the box score yeah. somewhere. I know Ryan. It's an event. Ryan, our walking encyclopedia is pulling up the stats <laughs> right now. And but two, yeah. the first time we, or the second time we shot out an opponent in the first half. Oh, so, that was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. I was, was looking for that stat, but I couldn't find it. Um, so, Ryan, you have your lovely spotting chart up. So, um, what was the time of possession for both teams? Like, looking, looking through everything. The time of possession was 36 minutes for Oregon State compared to Stanford's 23. Okay. Oh wow. You you would think it's shorter because <laughs> yeah. it's only forty nine offensive plays, but still. But watching the game, it seemed like Oregon State had the had the football. Oh no! Oh, yeah. the they, they never looked back. Doesn't Actors. tell you the full story. Yeah, they didn't never look. They never look back. Looked very very good too. You too. Um, after the season, uh, I think Coach Smith deserves a raise. More than that. More than that. Oh, this yeah. man needs a parade in Corvallis. I think this man deserves yeah. to be the highest paid coach in the Pac-12. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that argument. Well, definitely, just because, like, turned a team around. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, he's currently the 12th highest paid coach. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That man That man deserves a raise. He's will, in, yeah, he shouldn't be at the bottom. No, should not be at the bottom. But I will say, oh, I had a thought. Dang, I had a thought before the people came. <laughs> um, man needs a parade, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> Man needs like a statue of him. Like, team needs a documentary. Team needs a documentary. I'll make the documentary. documentary. Okay. We should have a Coach Smith statue right outside of Reeser. It's like how like Nick Foles called Philly Philly. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. just like that. But I will say, yeah. Oh, yeah. John the Smith. So when he first entered Oregon State, his tenure, uh, overall, they weren't good. You know, Oregon State just was not really good. Mm-hmm. I'll pull up their stats right now. But they weren't good. Well, I think before my freshman year, they were like two and ten, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you know, our freshman year, they were what five and seven, almost one win away from a bowl. And again, like obviously last year didn't count. They were they had a losing record then. Then this year, <laughs> come and turn it all around, and looking phenomenal doing so. So, you know what? He he might need to raise. <laughs> he yeah. Might, he might need to raise but. more than that. Yeah. I'm just um. Hopefully none of the other assistant coaches get poached away by bigger programs. I know. No. Unless it's the NFL. like yeah. Unless it's the NFL, because then you have to. You NFL have to, is yeah. understandable. But let's see if the coaching can stay together through this offseason after the season's over. Get some new recruits coming in, some new transfers, turn the team around. And then it's time for even more greatness next season. But Ooh. before that happens, two more weeks, two, two more weeks. exciting weeks. Um, well, two more exciting weeks and then a bowl game. And then a bowl game, yeah. hopefully in California, because we are going. I know. I'm hoping it's in California. I'll walk there. From, to California? Yeah. Better start you walking. Walk start walking now, buddy. Yeah. 5,000 5, miles, and you'll walk 5,000 more. Because you know I'd walk 1,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say, uh, yeah, that bowl game is going to be. 
That was just kind of funny. So I was talking to my mom and dad about it, and they were like, okay, like, where's the bowl game going to be at? And I was like, I don't know. It could be like in, it could be in San Diego. It could be in the Bay Area. It could be in Texas. It could be in Las Vegas. So my parents are like, okay, if it's in San Diego, we'll go. And I was like, huh? And she was like, yeah, we'll go. You know, like it's it's me, my 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 so my dad, my mom, sister, two little siblings, mm-hmm. all decked on OSU gear. So um, wow, bowl committee, if you're listening to this podcast, please. I live in Long Beach, California, which is two hours, <laughs> which is two hours away from San Diego. Please make this bowl in San Diego, the Holiday Bowl. Yes, please, please. please, please. San Diego, San Diego. What other California bowls are there? Isn't there uh, like they the, play one in Levi Stadium. There's one in Los Angeles. No, there's not. Yeah, there's there there is. Jimmy Kimmel has a bowl. Oh, what? that's right. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. If it's in LA, we could just crash at my place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. City of Angels. City of Angels. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you guys a tour of Los Angeles. We'll Me go. Too. We'll go have yeah. some authentic Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Fire. Anyway, though. Fuego. Also, too, Fuego. we now have a five percent chance to win the North. I like those odds. I like those odds too. I do too. Oh, I am a five percent. Yeah. Yeah. I like those odds. Little Especially school. looking at the uh, little school down south. Little school down south is in trouble. The way that needs to happen, though, I believe this Saturday, Oregon's playing Utah. Yes. Utah has the capability of putting up a tough match. Even though they got clapped by Oregon State. Yes, they're capable. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously we're so much better. Yeah, we're just beavers. You know? Our colors, but, color scheme is just phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so if Oregon loses versus Utah, Utah wouldn't give us any trouble because we've beaten them. Yeah. So then... And if Oregon State beats Arizona State this week, which they will, it will lead into. <laughs> wait, let me get one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There you go. Hopefully you could hear that. But <laughs> that would lead into um, a rivalry series matchup where the winner would go to the Pac-12 North. Full game right after that. It would just be. That would be fun. That's like that. That's gotta be like the first time where like that game. If that does happen, mm-hmm. that's like the first time that game actually means something. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It always means something just morally, but never, never like, never actually. No, yeah, nationally. No. Yeah, nationally. Yeah, it's like, oh, who's gonna make the who's gonna make the backdoor oh. championship? This Saturday against Arizona State, Beavers are on ESPN national that's TV right, first time yeah. all season. Literally, finally get the recognition. They finally, it's been Pac-12, not yeah. even an FS1, just it's Pac-12. Pac-12. Network. Honestly, yeah, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk up the director for the ESPN. Like, hey man, come on. Yeah. 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 It's like as much as, you know, I like Pac-12 Network, uh, Yogi Roth is a bad luck charm for Mm. us when he's broadcasting. He really is. Bill Walton's a good luck charm for basketball. (laughs) 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 It's like, he really does. He says the most candy. Five Pac-12 teams in the final four, baby. I was like, hmm. it's like right. the so energy we, here inside Gill Coliseum. <laughs> Just before like, we get too crazy, guys. <laughs> I think that's a great place to conclude it. Uh, I did too. Um, <laughs> you know, like I started and I'll end it this way. A lot of exciting Beaver news for this week and weekend, and just like the infamous Chato Chosinko says, ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. Death, taxes, and 85 is always open. Always open. Always open, baby. Have a good night.